Hello and welcome to Kojak's Nursing Journey podcast. I'm Kojak, a student nurse at Robert Gordon University, studying the dual honours nursing programme in children and young people and adult nursing. I'm really excited to welcome Professor Alan Gillespie to the podcast today. Before we get started, here's three facts about Alan. Alan is now an Emeritus Professor of Nursing Studies. His area of specialty is children's nursing and he first registered as a state registered nurse in 1973 and a registered sick children's nurse in 1975. Welcome Alan, thank you for joining me today. It's really great to have you on the podcast. So Alan, tell us about your nursing journey. Where did it begin for you? Well, it begins in December 1968. I was a mod, and you probably don't know what a mod is, but uh, it's someone who used to ride a motor scooter in the 60s, the mod era. And I'd gone into the sixth form at an all-boys grammar school, but I'd fallen out of love with education. And towards Christmas, I decided that I was going to give up on my A-levels and just get a job. I didn't know what particularly, but I'd always been interested in uh, human biology and biology. And just on a, a rogue chance in the newspaper in December 1968, there was an advertisement for a new nursing course at the Sunderland Orthopaedic and Accident Hospital. This was a 20-month course. So I jumped onto my motor scooter and got myself over to the hospital in Sunderland. And uh, I was interviewed by the tutor, who was a gentleman called Mr. Gray, who I doubt whether he's alive now, but he was a middle-aged guy. And um, he said to me, um, yes, you can start this nursing course and you can start on the 31st of December. Now, this is interesting because this predates my 17th birthday. In those days, you couldn't start a nursing course until you were 17, but he seemed to have waived the rule. And I found myself on the 31st of December starting my orthopaedic nursing course. And strangely, by chance, one of the first wards I worked on was a children's orthopaedic ward. I'm sure you know what the word orthopaedic means. A lot of people just think it means bones, but it doesn't. It actually means the rearing of straight children, because in the 19th century, when it was first coined, children were bent by disease. And in those days, 1968-69, children with orthopaedic conditions stayed in hospital for months at a time. So I got my first experience of children's nursing whilst training as an orthopaedic nurse. At the end of that course, in 1970, Um, I decided um, I would uh, forgo my initial desire to go back to college and do teacher training. And I went to a little uh, North Yorkshire town called Northallerton, where I did my state registration course, which was, uh, for me, two and a half years because they knocked six months off because I was an orthopaedic nurse. And again, just by chance, one of the first wards, one of my first allocations, to use contemporary language, um, was a children's ward. So um, during my orthopaedic training and my SRN training, I found myself having no less than four specific placements, each of three months duration, uh, working with sick children. So at the end of my uh, SRN course, Uh, in 1973. I worked as a staff nurse for a while. Ironically, I worked in children's theatres. 
Um, and then I saw an advert in the nursing mirror for a brand new course starting at Great Ormond Street Hospital, which was a, a, a unique course. It was a combined RSCN, Registered Sick Children's Nurse, and London University Diploma in Nursing course of two years duration, fully funded, and there were only four places. And I was doubtful I would ever get to Great Ormond Street, to be honest, coming from a little North Yorkshire hospital. But um, I was surprised. I had an interview at GOSH and um, they offered me a place. And I was one of only four students who commenced this course in 1974. So I qualified as a registered sick children's nurse in 1975. And then I continued with the second year of my diploma in nursing, where I specialised in the care of children. And at the end of that course, I staffed for a while, and then I was made the very, very first charge nurse of a children's ward at Great Ormond Street in 1977. Thank you, Alan. So what can students and newly qualified nurses expect from the field of CYP, and why should they consider working within this specialism? Well, uh, let me tell you, there's a great shortage of children's nurses. So firstly, anyone who trains as a children's nurse is never going to be out of a job. Um, they can get a job anywhere. Um, but importantly, children's nursing is very rewarding. It covers vast parameters of specialism. And of course, it is all part of the age continuum from neonatal life right through to adolescence. So in many respects, it offers exactly the same um, elements of nursing as does adult nursing, uh, because you can specialise in a whole range of different subjects ranging from nephrology through to orthopaedics, surgery, um, etc, etc. And um, I, for one, uh, have found the journey through my own um, children's nursing career to be immensely satisfactory. And it's given me the opportunity of meeting other children's nurses from across the globe. Thank you, Alan. And can you tell us a little bit about some of the work you've carried out during your nursing career? Well, I know we have, we've only got half an hour, so I'll try and be brief, but um, I've had a most interesting career, really, a very, very satisfactory career. I've been retired seven years now, so I'm just approaching my 70th birthday, but um, it seems as if I managed to pack a lot into that. So once I'd finished my uh, RSCN training and my diploma in nursing, I worked as a charge nurse for 18 months and then uh, I was recruited to be a, a nurse teacher. So I went off to London University to train as a teacher uh, and then I went to Middlesex University and did a, a BA Honours course in social science um, and that's really when I fell in love with psychology. So naturally um, having taught at Great Ormond Street in the Charles West School of Nursing named after the founder of the first children's hospital in the United Kingdom, Great Ormond Street. Um, I enjoyed teaching very, very much, and I eventually became the assistant director of nurse education. But I recognised then that nursing was going to move into higher education. So when um, there was the advert for the first lecturer in paediatric nursing at the University of Southampton, in 1984, I applied for it and I got that job and I then commenced my PhD training. Um, and again, it was the area of child psychology that interested me most. 
And um, I began my journey towards that PhD by looking at the role of parents in the anaesthetic room, because back then um, in the 80s, parents were not allowed into the anaesthetic room with their children. So it was a very rich area for me to explore. But as part of that journey, um, I also became very interested in helping children prepare for distressing procedures. And I was one of the first people in the United Kingdom to introduce the concept of pre-admission programs where the children and their parents would come uh, into the hospital and engage in play and other recreational activities to prepare them for their admission, usually about two weeks before. And that also included a trip to the theatre and the anaesthetic room to try and desensitize them. So that was really, really very interesting. Um, but um, I perhaps, uh, as one of my favourite uh, activities, looking back at my career, was the work I did in uh, Romania after the Romanian Revolution, when you probably remember seeing the horrific or have heard about the horrific way in which children were cared for, uh, particularly those children who later developed HIV because they'd been given uh, contaminated materials. Um, and uh, I was asked by the Royal College of Nursing, I was then the vice chairman of the Pediatric Society to lead a mission to go over to Romania. And that mission lasted about eight years. Uh, we kept going there and we our, our primary objective was to educate Romanian nurses uh, how to care for sick children in hospital. And Dame Angela Horsley was one of my team. And she came on several missions to Romania with me, as did many other senior nurses of the time. Perhaps um, my most interesting um, academic um, career, uh, as far as research is concerned, um, is helping to launch NHS Direct, which was the nurse-led telephone system. Um, I'd been given, in 1991, I'd been given a Florence Nightingale scholarship uh, to go and study ambulatory care. And I went to uh, Canada, particularly to Toronto and Ottawa, and then to Sydney, Australia, to look at innovations in ambulatory care. And one of these innovations was the nurse-led telephone uh, system at the Hospital of Sick Children, Toronto. They call it Sick Kids Toronto. And in fact, the telephone system was called the Sick Kids Hotline. And I was totally enamored by it. And these nurses were caring for sick children at the end of a telephone call. And when I got back to the UK, um, I went to see the chief nurse, uh, chief nurse of England, and Sir William Waldegrave, who was the Secretary of State for Health. And I shared with them my vision that we could have a health system run on telephone advice, which calls now become 111. But that was a very interesting part of my life, uh, not only undertaking the research into the efficacy of uh, nurses to actually uh, conduct telephone interviews and give good advice, but also to see how that was rolled out across the whole of the United Kingdom, including Scotland, of course. Um, but I've uh, undertaken lots of interesting uh, research, and some of it quite quite amusing. For example, uh, I evaluated the effect of clown humour um, 
we call them giggle doctors now, but they were called clown doctors in those days. And uh, that was quite an interesting piece of research to actually see could uh, clowns, uh, hospital clowns, and they're actually actors uh, with equity cards, uh, if they could actually help reduce children's fears in hospital. And we were able to show that uh, the activities of the clown doctors was very, very positive. And today, the giggle doctors work in a lot of children's units and hospitals, Southampton, Manchester, Leeds, London, of course, uh, and that works extremely well. So um, really, when I look back at my career, I've had lots of opportunities to explore different areas of the paradigm of children's nursing. Uh, but I suppose my, my passion has always been ambulatory care, how we can actually prevent children from coming into hospital in the first place by treating them at a distance. Um, clearly not, not every child uh, can stay at home, but uh, preferably if you can manage them at home, then that's where they should stay. Thank you, Alan. What fantastic experience and work you've been involved with. It really is very inspiring. Um, so when you were a student nurse, did you have the ambition to set out and achieve all that you have? Yes, I was thinking long and hard about this question because I'm not really sure anyone um, at the age of when I was literally still 16, visualising what I would become um, in, my, in my 20s. But um, I was always very passionate about writing. I always enjoyed writing, even at school. Um, and of course, um, having entered the field of children's nursing, I, publi I published my first uh, paper when I was still a student nurse at Great Ormond Street. Um, and I always got a kick out of publishing. There's never, I never got tired of actually writing and then seeing the result of my writing appearing in press. Um, but I think probably because I wanted to be a teacher um, when I was still at school, although I abandoned my A-levels, um, I guess that desire to teach then took me forward through my nursing. So uh, even when I was a newly qualified staff nurse, I used to always enjoy engaging with the first and second year and third year student nurses and helping them to acquire the knowledge to take them forward to their own registration. Thank you, Alan. I'm aware you've written many well-known educational children and young people nursing books. Please, can you share a bit about some of your writing and how this came about? Well, as I said earlier, I always liked writing and um, when I was a senior tutor at Great Ormond Street before I became the assistant director of nurse education, I was approached uh, by Ballier Tyndall, which was an old publishing house, uh, to see if I would actually write a textbook of children's nursing. Um, and in fact, um, I, never, I never actually saw that through, but it planted the seed that what the profession needed was to try and gather all the expertise from the best people. And that can never be in one person. I don't pretend to have uh, anything like the ex expertise to cover the whole parameters of children's nursing, but I know plenty of people who do. So one of my skills, which I learned, was to network with other like-minded um, academics and practitioners across the UK. And I always thought if I could bring them together, uh, we could actually build a whole series of textbooks. So I've published, I think it's 23 textbooks now, mm. uh, the latest being the uh, very, very large 
uh, a textbook of children and young people's nursing, which was only published earlier this year. You've probably seen a copy of that. Um, and if you haven't got a copy, I'll send you one. Thank so you. I've got some spares. They're, they're quite expensive. I think they're about £40. So if you haven't got one, I'll give you one. You um, but um, I was able really to liaise with uh, lots of colleagues in Scotland, Ireland, Wales, to build that portfolio of chapters, which then, just like bricks in the wall, um, they, they really contribute to the evidence base. And really, that's one of the things that um, I uh, aspire to help with, is building that wall of evidence to underpin uh, not only the theory, but also the practice of children's nursing. Another book I, I've just published this year is the second edition of my Writing Your Nursing Dissertation textbook, uh, which I take uh, readers in a step-by-step -step process in how to write their assignments or their dissertations. Mm. We've, caught, we've continued to use the word dissertation because it sells in America as well, and they prefer to use the term dissertation, but it's also in, intended for anyone who's got to write a uh, some kind of assignment as part of their nursing course. So my first publication was as a student nurse at GOSH, and I think I've got uh, over 400 publications now. Mm -hmm. I've just actually stopped. Um, I've been a columnist for the British Journal of Nursing for the last 10 or more years, and I've written a, a fortnightly healthcare policy uh, column um, but I thought, as I approached 70, I thought, really, I should let a younger person take that mantle on. So uh, I'm, my last contribution comes out next month, and then it will go to someone else. But uh, I'd always encourage any, um, any uh, children's nurse who enjoys writing to not to be frightened of, send, of amending their dissertations or their assignments uh, because people want to read about uh, children's nursing, not just other children's nurses, but also adult nurses who might be working with children. Thank you, Alan. And can you share with us the work that you've been involved with since retiring? <laughs> well, my wife uh, says I've never retired, but um, I retired at the age of 63. Um, not because I wanted to, I was quite keen to go on until I was 65, but an opportunity came my way to work um, as a Care Quality Commission inspector. And I'd done some of that before I retired. I was a Care Quality Commission specialist advisor. So um, I would go into children's hospitals and children's units and I would inspect them on behalf of the, the that's the English regulator. You've got a different system in Scotland, of course. Um, but uh, they invited me to become a, an inspector. So for the last, um, well, since I retired, I've been, uh, until COVID came along, I've been working as a Care Quality Commission inspector. I've, I've inspected lots of children's hospitals, including Manchester and Great Ormond Street. And it's a fascinating, people think that the role of the inspector is to kind of, um, you know, to, to look for faults. And, and that's not true at all. We're actually looking for good practice because when the reports are written, uh, these areas of good practice are shared across the country. 
and I found that quite a, a, a very rewarding uh, part of my life. Uh, that's coming to an end now, of course, because you know COVID's really uh, halted that in its tracks, and the Care Quality Commission are using a different type of methodology now. And I think probably this year will be my final year doing that. Uh, also, uh, since I uh, retired, um, I've become the editor in chief of um, of Comprehensive Child and Adolescent Nursing, which is the oldest children's nursing journal in the world. Congratulations. Uh, it's, it's based in America, but I'm the editor in chief and um, I uh, take papers from uh, practitioners and academics from all over the world in all countries. And we, we've got a special website, we peer review these and uh, the journal is published uh, quarterly. And um, I'll probably do that for another year or two. And that keeps me quite busy. And I still do a little bit of writing for um, the British Journal of um, Healthcare Assistance, uh, particularly when there's any uh, interesting um, application towards uh, nursing associates. I know you don't have nursing associates in Scotland for the moment anyway. I suspect you might do in the future because they're becoming very, very popular in uh, England at the moment. And I would imagine that uh, the rest of the United Kingdom will follow suit. Some people argue, of course, that the nursing associate is really um, yesterday's enrolled nurse, but that's actually not quite accurate. I mean, they do a, a full uh, foundation degree in nursing. And of course, many of them will then use that to go on and actually complete their full registration as a nurse. Fantastic. Thank you, Alan. And um, so what would you say to your student nurse self now, having been on the journey that you have? Yes, I thought about this as well. And, and probably the best advice I would have given myself is never give up. I remember I was saying this to my wife. I remember I came in, uh, I was living um, in the hospital in North Allerton. And I've got a feeling it was something like the end of my first year. And I think it was perhaps the beginning of the second year. It was the deepest, darkest day in February. And I came uh, in after a really, really bad day, a very busy day where we had a lot of deaths. Because in those days, uh, in the winter period, we lost a lot of elderly people who mainly were had been smokers and many of them succumbed from pneumonia caused by influenza um, and of course there were no there was no immunization then uh, I think we'd had 13 deaths on this medical ward I was working on I came in and I thought oh, this is really depressing and um, I thought to myself I really should not do this anymore um, but I think the message I would have given myself then and fortunately I did actually was never give up and carry on uh, but on a kind of a, a lighter note, I think probably I would have told myself, as I would tell others, that um, an in-depth knowledge of anatomy and physiology for me is the, is the key to becoming a good nurse. You, you cannot care for sick children if you do not understand their anatomy and their physiology. So a good grasp of um, human physiology is an absolute godsend to any practicing children's nurse. Thank you, Alan. And is this the same advice that you would give to current nursing students on how to be successful in their nursing journey? I think so. I think, uh, I mean, clearly, 
you know, nursing is a broad church made up of many subjects, as you know. Um, you know, you do different aspects uh, as you go, as you carry on in your journey to becoming a registered nurse. But again, in my opinion, perhaps the the most important um, knowledge base to acquire is that in-depth knowledge of anatomy and physiology, particularly as far as children are concerned, because Florence Nightingale famously said, children, they're the same as adults, but they become sicker much more quickly. And that's true today as it was then. Uh, children, when they do become ill, become ill and deteriorate very quickly. And that's why we need to use a range of uh, good assessment tools like PEWS. And much of that, of course, is based on a good knowledge of anatomy and physiology. So thank you for joining me, Alan. I hope you've enjoyed your time on the podcast. Before we finish up, Karen and Lisa posed the following question for you. What impact do you think your publications have had on children's nurse education? Thank you, Chloe. Um, yes, that's a, a good question. I, I suppose anyone who writes textbooks or contributes to textbooks or writes papers is always interesting uh, to see how their work spreads further afield. And I'd like to think that I and many of my colleagues, and particularly many of my professorial colleagues, um, are are con are contributing to and still contribute to the evidence base which underpins children's nursing because without an evidence base uh, a profession will never survive and um, i think i'm very confident now that there are up-and-coming academics and up-and-coming practitioners and possibly younger people such as yourself chloe who will go on because i think I would say that, you know, we stand on the shoulders of giants, the people who came before us. And we've got to remember that children's nursing education predates that of Nightingale. It actually starts in 1852, whereas Nightingale education didn't begin until 1860. So uh, children's nursing has a, a, a good uh, right to actually say it was one of the first fields of practice within nursing to have proper uh, educational underpinning. So I'd like to reflect back on my career and think that I've also contributed to that uh, building that wall of evidence which underpins our profession and that wall will continue to grow uh, over the coming years. Thank you Alan, what a fantastic reply. Now normally I would ask you to pose a question for the next guest speaker but as it is the final episode of Series 2, I'm giving you the power to pose a question to all nursing professionals to answer on my Twitter feed. Alan, what would you like to ask all nursing professionals? Well, obviously, it's going to be about children's nursing. But my question is this. Can children's nursing as a discrete field of practice survive in a contemporary healthcare climate that favours generic, i.e. general nursing? Super question, Alan. Thank you very much. So I'm inviting all new, current and retired nursing professionals to come forward to answer Alan's question via my Twitter post. I'm looking forward to seeing some great discussion. So you can join me next month for the beginning of Series 3, which will cover various adult nursing specialties. So thank you for joining me today, Alan. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave a comment on my socials and follow me at Kojak on her map. That's all for now, folks. Cheerio.